May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. Welcome to the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time here, this is a podcast meant for patients who have fibromyalgia, loved ones of people who have fibromyalgia, and for physicians who want to up their game on fibromyalgia. For those patients who do have fibromyalgia, we try to go on the bold journey from not just learning to live with or coping with fibromyalgia, but to actually improving and making huge strides and even reversing your fibromyalgia. Today we're going to talk about an important piece to this whole puzzle. How do we make the diagnosis? We talked some about what fibromyalgia is on a previous podcast, but how do we make the diagnosis? And if you have fibromyalgia, how do we help assess how your fibromyalgia is doing? Now, fibromyalgia, like Every other diagnosis we make is based on huge part on the history. So I want to help you understand how we as physicians help assess patients who come in with different complaints to make a diagnosis. And if you are a patient who has this, you can use this as a structure to help build the best information you can do to help your doctor take the best care of you. Over 90% of medical diagnoses are made by the history. Can you believe that? With all of these fancy tests, it's so important to get the history. So there is a structure or framework that physicians are trained on to help guide us through this. There is the chief complaint. There is the history of present illness. There is a review of systems as well as social history to help Let's understand what's going on. Let's first talk about the chief complaint. You go to the doctor's office. Usually the nurse or medical assistant is checking you into the appointment. They're going to ask, what brings you in today? That's a chance for you to, if you have a problem, you have fibromyalgia and you're seeing a doctor for the first time, if you were seeing me for the first time, It's what is your biggest concern? What is your chief complaint? What is your primary complaint? Now, with fibromyalgia, there may be multiple complaints, but what was the driving thing that drove you into the doctor's office? You might have diffuse body pain or fibrofog and hard time concentrating, poor time with sleep, etc. But And sometimes it's really hard to nail down one, especially if you have fibromyalgia. And that's okay. You can say, well, there's a number of things that bring me in. The second and a very important factor is what we call the history of present illness. And that is telling the symptoms from the starting point and how they've changed and evolved over time up to the present situation. 
So, a great way to think about this is, when was the last time you felt normal? And then what were the first symptoms that you noticed? And then go from there. So, first, how long has this been going on? Duration, is it been weeks? Has it been months? Has it been years? And you want to know about the last time you had a flare-up and how long it lasted, for example. The severity of the symptoms. How bad are they? How much does this impact your life? And you want to know the nature of the pain. Is it throbbing, aching, tingling, burning, itching, etc.? Tell us what quality is, what adjectives would you use to describe it. And in addition to severity, it's more than just 0 to 10, but I had to miss school. My periods were so painful. My headache was so bad, I had to go to the nurse's station if you're um, in school and a student. I had to miss work because of this. I had to call in sick. My symptoms were so severe. I've missed so many days off from work or I had to be let go. Those are much more than just 0 to 10. Tell me how bad your pain is because that's not always helpful, but how much is it affecting your functioning, for example? And how does this compare to where you were 6 months ago or 12 months ago? Then you want to know where is the symptom? Where is the pain, for example? And most often there's a discomfort or pain. So where is the location of the pain or if you have in more than one area? Where do you have the location of the pain? And have you tried anything on your own to get help? What things over the counter? What therapies have you tried? What medications have you tried? And what were the results of those medications? That's going to be very important to write those down, at least if you can put that ahead of time, because there's a lot to cover. You may have been through a lot of different treatments, especially if you have fibromyalgia. So going through those would be important. In addition to that, what treatments have you tried? Did I have back injections? Did I have surgery? Did I have part of my colon removed and appendix removed? Did I have my knee replaced? Did I have my hip replaced, shoulder work done? What imaging studies have I had done? Have I had an MRI of my neck, head, back? Have I had a colonoscopy, an EGD or upper endoscopy in looking into the stomach? Have I had imaging studies, x-rays done, and what were the results of those? What were the diagnoses that you were given for those, for example, over time, and what were the results of the treatment? In addition, you want to know what are the aggravating factors? What are things that seem to make it better or worse? And this is going to be really important when we look at fibromyalgia. When do you notice it the most? When do you notice it the least? A lot of times... We remember when we notice it the most, which is pretty obvious. You know, of course, we remember when we have pain, but it's also when didn't we have pain. So that's going to be very important. We're going to talk about some specific examples in the next podcast, how this is going to be extremely enlightening to help understand how we can help you by listening to your history very carefully. What tends to relieve it? What's the timing of it? Um, Again, what's the severity of this. So another couple questions to bring up as well is why did you come in today? What was the trigger that finally said, okay, finally I'm going to get help with this? Now, realistically, for many of my patients who end up seeing me, they've been to many doctors before. And in fact, they just have almost 
in my situation, they may go, I've heard you help people who are struggling with fibromyalgia, and that's why I came to see you. I've been struggling for years. I've been trying for years. It's not just a now. It's been a chronic problem that you've been dealing with. But what was the trigger? You know, it might be, well, I've had headaches, but now I'm on probation at work or my grades are, are struggling and I may have to drop out of school or I need to get special time off at work because my pain has been so severe. So that could be one of those issues. And another important thing, and this may sound silly, but what do you think the problem is? What are you most worried about? Classic problem is a, or common problem is a headache. And I'll ask that question because sometimes people are worried they have cancer and their friend or a family member was diagnosed or died with cancer and that's their biggest fear. And if I can give reassurance that it's not a cancer, uh, that you don't have a brain tumor, that's a huge importance. So after we go through the... uh Stay with us. We'll be right back. I want to briefly interrupt the podcast to inform you about the Fibromyalgia Starter Pack, which is now available. If you are new to this podcast, it categorizes the episodes in a way that is more beneficial for those new to fibromyalgia. You can access the link in the show notes to learn more. History of present illness. Then the next step we are going to want to know is what we call a review of systems. Think of the review of systems as a checklist to make sure we didn't miss anything that you didn't bring up in your symptom and your chief complaint in your history of present illness. A lot of times this is extremely helpful in fibromyalgia. Many people may come in with a chief complaint, and one analogy I often like to use is if you're a teacher and you have 25, 30 students in your class and there's one student that's extremely troublesome and very difficult to teach and disruptive in the class. But there's four or five other students who are pretty disruptive, but the one kid gets all the negative attention. That could be the chief complaint. But there's other symptoms that may be very important. Maybe you have severe migraines, but you also have other symptoms like neck pain, back pain, and you don't even want to bring them up. Or you brought them up in the past, they were checked out, you were told you were normal, there's nothing to worry about, and you're afraid to even bring those up again because you're going to be worried you'll be looked at negatively by your doctor because why in the world could you have all of these different symptoms and they couldn't find anything wrong? Maybe you are just making it up, maybe it's a figment of your imagination and you don't want to get that rolled eye look back at you. But the review systems will cover different organ systems in the body. So we'll start with the different ones are general, vision, head and neck, pulmonary, cardiovascular, gastrointestinal, genital, urinary, the hematological and oncological area, OBGYN and breast, neurological, endocrine, infectious disease, musculoskeletal, mental health, and skin and hair. So general, what does that include? Fatigue, rundown, weight loss, fever, and chills often are included in that. Vision, have you had any change in your vision? When you have headaches, does the vision change before or after, for example, would be part of it. Do you have any drainage, any redness in your eyes? Head and neck can include, do you have any sores in your mouth? Any difficulty swallowing? Does food get stuck? Do you feel like there's something stuck in the back of your throat? Do you have a little bit of throat clearing that occurs? That can 
happen at different times of the day. Do you have any itching in the ears? Do you have any ringing in your ears? Tinnitus, for example. Pulmonary includes all the respiratory symptoms. Do you have a cough? Do you bring anything up when you cough? Is it productive? What color is it? How often do you have it? Do you have any wheezing or do you have any shortness of breath that occurs? Along with that often, are there, is there any leg swelling that can be going on? Cardiovascular includes things like chest pain and shortness of breath as well. Do you have any pressure or heaviness? You can also include do you have any pain when you're walking that occurs in your calf or thigh or butt muscle that could be a, a sign of blockages in your legs, for example. Gastrointestinal, that starts with difficulty swallowing. Does food get stuck? Does your stomach feel bloated? Do you have heartburn or indigestion? Does it hurt or do you feel uncomfortable after you eat? And what types of foods do you seem to notice it with? And are there certain times of the day that you seem to notice it with? Are you having any diarrhea, any constipation? Are you having any nausea? Do you have any blood in your stool? Is there any black tarry stool? Is there been a change in your stool? Do you have any pain before you go to have a bowel movement? And is there relief after you have a bowel movement? And what's the frequency of your bowel movements? Genital urinary, do you have any difficulty urinating? Do you have an urge to go, but when you get to the toilet, there's a disproportionate lack of urine volume? Or do you have any incontinence? Do you have any burning or itching? Uh, it also can be part of that. Do you have any history of STDs, for example? Has anybody hurt you or have you been in a sexually abusive relationship in the past or present? Hematology and oncology. Do you have any enlarged lymph nodes that are new? Do you have any unexplained weight loss? Those are a couple of the common symptoms. Have you had any breast lumps? Do you have any painful periods? How long have you had these painful periods for, for example? Do you have any heavy periods? Have you had regular periods? Did you go through menopause? How long ago was that? Those are important to know as well. Neurological. Have you had any weakness, any foot drop, any arm that or, that's, or leg or hands that are weaker, any numbness or tingling as well are included in those symptoms? Do you have any burning? Endocrine. These are including looking for diabetes. Have you been thirstier more than usual? Have you been drinking more water or had the urge to drink more water than usual? Have you uh, had any blurry vision that can be part of that? Have you had any numbness in your feet or legs, which could be a complication of diabetes? Have you had disproportionate amount of fatigue? Do you have abnormal cravings for salty things? Cushing syndrome, which can overlap with fibromyalgia. People have unusual cravings for salt. I've had only a couple patients in my life and both of them came in in their 20s with strong cravings for having pickles and salted peppers, banana peppers, and were extremely thirsty and on top of that were very profoundly fatigued and were tired and run down. So that's an important area to be looking for. Checking for thyroid issues. Have you had constipation or diarrhea, skin or hair changes? Those are overlapping but with other organ systems, but is one of the areas that we're looking for under endocrine. Infectious diseases. Did you get an infection? Did you get diagnosed with Lyme disease or COVID prior to the symptoms starting? And how did you get treated? What were you treated for? Again, fevers and chills, 
often overlaps with are there rashes with that if you had any other diagnoses in the past such as meningitis musculoskeletal pretty obvious do you have neck pain back pain shoulder pain upper arm pain lower arm pain wrist pain finger pain lower back pain hip pain butt pain knee pain ankle pain any joint pain or swelling is important to notice as well mental health have you had problems with depression do you not enjoy things like you used to do you feel more agitated or fidgety hard to relaxed any history of anxiety or nervousness have you had any panic attacks in the past do you have difficulty with concentration and focus do you have a difficulty following through on projects does your mind tend to go blank at times and you forget what you're doing you walk into a room and you forget what you have to do are you having struggles at work in getting things done do you have difficulty with focus have you had problems your whole life with going back to school with academic struggles do you have problems sleeping do your legs bother you at night do you feel uncomfortable do you feel like you have bugs crawling on your legs or creepy crawling or burning or tingling whether in your legs or your whole body and does it feel better when you move or just to get out of bed and worse when you've been laying in bed a longer period of time and is it very is that every night or is it some nights more than others is that depend on how active you are during the day those are a couple of the mental health areas are you seeing things or hearing voices you ever been diagnosed with schizophrenia been diagnosed with depression for example in the past and then last skin and hair have you had any skin or hair changes are there any rashes do you have any burning or itching that's going on and how long has that been going on is that any relation to any other other symptoms that you have so that summarizes what the history of present illness is the review of systems so if you're able to go through that and you can find that online history of present illness and fill that in along with going through the review of systems if you were able to bring that in to the doctor visit with me that would be really helpful ahead of time because i'm going to go through that and that gives you a chance to think about it because sometimes there's questions when we go hmm let me think when did that start what did i try with our medical records i can often look through those but for many patients this is going on 5 10 15 years and if somebody's able to have this laid out in a narrative form that would be great on a prior podcast i had a patient of mine who did bring that in and did a great job it helped us have a very effective visit but she had written as one of the first things is i've had my thyroid checked more than all of the research on global warming after we go through the history of present illness chief complaint prior to that and review of systems next we want to go through past medical history what were you diagnosed with in the past what surgeries have you had in the past family history is there a family history of migraines tension headaches tinnitus ringing in the ears chronic pain or arthritis autoimmune type diseases or symptoms sometimes and and this is often the norm people who are seeing me have family members who have fibromyalgia and fibromyalgia like syndromes but often have never been actually formally diagnosed the recent patient i was chatting with their mom shared with me their 6-year-old daughter was having recurrent pain with body pain throughout the whole body 
and had gone to Children's Hospital and many different specialists and struggled to find an answer. In the end, they kind of said, well, it's sort of just maybe chronic pain syndrome gradually got better over the summer. Important information to know. But asking mom, she reported, yes, she's had a history of restless leg syndromes in the past and some migraine headaches in the past. The child's grandmother, so mom's mom, reported diffuse arthritis and body pain and was really struggling. Never was formally diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but by the history putting two and two together with a daughter with chronic pain syndromes, with an extensive negative workup for structural and inflammatory problems, and a mom with history of migraines and difficulty sleeping, highly, highly suggestive of a fibromyalgia-like pain. What surgeries have you had done? What were the symptoms that they were supposed to help with, and how much did they actually help? Did you get any better? It's very common for somebody who's had fibromyalgia for years that they've had attempts by well-meaning physicians to help their pain by maybe doing a back fusion or a cervical spine fusion to see if it could help, but in the end gave marginal, if any, benefit and maybe have made the symptoms worse. Or they had knee pain or hip pain, and a surgery was done because that chief complaint was knee pain. The knee pain improved a fair amount, but their body continued to hurt, and maybe their hip pain, which didn't get as much attention as the knee, becomes a problem, or the back or the neck and shoulders also can be an issue. On top of that, I like to know somebody's social history and background. Where are they from? One of the six uh, questions I get to ask beyond the traditional social history gets into that. The general traditional social history is do you smoke? Do you drink? Drug use? Sexual history, for example? Who do you live with? What's the housing situation? Are you in a home, an apartment, for example? And then are you married, single, partner? Do you have children, etc.? But other things I like to ask and from brand new patients, and a few years ago I started doing this after listening to a talk on how to be a better doctor, is to ask these six questions. And, you know, if you walk in and you're seeing me for the first time, I'll say, hey, Dr. Michael Lenz, glad to have you here. And just want to get a chance for you to get to know me first. And I'll just say, hey, I'm a pediatrician. I'm an internist. I'm a lifestyle medicine doctor, also a clinical lipidologist. I've been a doctor for over 25 years, and I'm looking forward to helping you. And I will say, before we get into the details of what brings you in, I want to get to know you and you as a person. Social history questions are first, and this is the longest question, is I call your chronologic social history. What do I mean? Well, where were you born? Where were you, where were you raised? Were you raised in many different places? Uh, patients who grew up in a military family and may have moved every two years or just moved in general. Who raised you? Maybe your parents were married, but they got divorced when you were two, and you lived with multiple different homes going back and forth over the time. Were the, was there stress that you were exposed to? Did you have abuse that at the time you didn't even know was abnormal, but now looking back, did you have some sexual, physical, or verbal, or emotional abuse that you had gone through when you were growing up? Eventually, if you graduated high school, where did you go to high school and what did you do since then? What was your social history? Did you finish college or not finish college? 
the second group of questions, your work in school history, but then social, I want to know what is your relationship history and who do you live with now? Who's in the household? Did you have children? And what's your current situation? If you're middle age and maybe you have parents that are have health issues and maybe a parent moved in and you're helping to care for them and that also is important to know to help put some context to what you have to go through. The second is your school and work history. How did you do in school? I want to know that. What was grade school like? What did the teachers say when you went to parent-teacher conferences? Beyond the politically correct pleasure to have in the classroom, what were the things that you needed to work on? What kind of learner were you? Were you a hands-on visual learner? Or did you enjoy reading the textbook and learning that way? Did you enjoy being able to sit and lecture and listen and take notes? Or was that really difficult, where it was hard to pay attention in lecture and I got bored easily? And I had difficulty reading the textbook on my own, and that was really a big struggle. Or I had to force myself to study to get through, to get just the A's or B's or high school. And maybe you went to college and you took some time off, or you were going to be an engineer, but it got too difficult, so you took some time off or switched to a less academically intense career, such as marketing or communications, where you didn't have to do the high-level math and science that may have given you a significant amount of difficulty. Were you ever diagnosed with any uh, learning disorders? Did you ever have any history of ADHD diagnosed when you were a kid and even into adult life? That's important. In addition, what are, your, what are you doing now for a job? Did you go on to college? Did you go on to grad school? What is your work? What, work, what positions did you have over the years, and what are you doing currently for a position? Next, I want to know what's your religion or belief system to help get an idea of how you structure the, your understanding of the world, what meta-narrative for understanding illness, disease, suffering. If you're going through tough times, do you have any area that you lean on? For many people who have certain religions, that's a big part of us getting through the battle and getting through things. What's your exercise routine? And I hate using the word exercise because sometimes that sounds like taking a bad medicine, but what's your activity level? Some people go, I don't exercise, but they garden, they walk, or maybe your exercise varies. Now, we're talking about fibromyalgia specifically, but you may go, oh, if I do too much, it hurts, and then I have to rest for a couple days, and we're going up and down in order to recover from the diffuse body pain. Another simple exercise question I will want to ask is, how many minutes a week of moderate exercise do you get or hours. Moderate is the equivalent of walking or a slow bike ride, for example. How many minutes of more vigorous, more aerobic, brisk walking, slow jog, getting your heart rate up type exercise? How many minutes of that do you do in a typical day or week, I should say? And then the last, how much resistance training are you doing? Some people get that just through their job. They may be a carpenter or a mason or they work in the garden and not necessarily formally lift weights. But some people are lifting weights, they're doing yoga, they're doing Pilates, push-ups, all of that is under the resistance training. And next is diet. Diet's real important. I hate using the word diet, I just like to know the food that you are in a habit of eating. But the food is so powerful. The biggest chapter in my book is called the plant prescription and knowing what you eat. But to get your baseline where you are at now, and we'll do more podcasts in the future specifically on food, and you can read more about that if you want by looking in the book, 
and the chapter on the food prescription, but it's very Im impactful. But a couple simple questions I want to know is how many days in an average seven-day week, if any, do you get five servings of fruit and vegetables? And if you don't get any days with five servings of fruit and vegetables, how many days, uh, how many do you average per day, if any? Another question is, how many days, if any, do you have at least one serving of legumes? Legumes are beans, lentils, and peas. Any of those, whether that's hummus, black bean dip, all of that counts. That's a simple snapshot. I can also have you, if you wanted, and we had more time, I'd say, tell me what your typical breakfast is like. Tell me what your typical lunches are like. Tell me what your what your typical dinners are like. And another one I can do, and this is a, even helpful if you want to do this a bonus, write down what your last three days, what you ate. So three days ago for breakfast, I had this, then I had lunch, then I had this for supper. Also include any beverages or any snacks and just go through that. That gives a good snapshot for me as your doctor or for your physician to know what you're eating as well. And there are some, if you are really good and, and really tracking things, I don't say good, it's moralizing this, but if you are really wanting to track this, actually bringing in your MyFitnessPal or fitness tracker that counts your calories or th that you may have been entering. And that's not a bad idea to get an idea, but one of the things that a lot of people are focused on, how many calories, how much protein, but I want to know, the biggest thing that I want to know is about how much fiber, how many grams of fiber are you averaging if you're tracking it. That's the biggest data point that's the most helpful in actually seeing how consistent that is. So social history. Then last question I like to ask is, what if any stresses do you have going on in your life? Up until now, there's probably some ideas of what is going on in your life that I've gotten a chance to uh, get by going through your chief complaint, etc. But there may be other things that I am not aware of. Maybe your spouse just lost their job. Maybe your daughter just got out of the military and they have PTSD and they're living at home and they're struggling. And that's often can be an extra weight on your shoulders, extra stress for you to have to help take your emotional capital to get them built up and yet you're trying to get through your own struggles. So that's an important thing to know that may not come up. So the social history, we talked about past medical history. In addition, there's allergies, current medications. Uh, that's important to know what you're taking now, what you were in, and what you were taking in the past. But that's kind of in the history of present illness, but we will go through that. And also any side effects or any concerns and last, if you can, write down questions that you have, things that you know or may not know, and what you need help with. Well, that's the end of today's episode. Next episode that I am going to do is taking the history and specifically targeting that to fibromyalgia to really help narrow down details in your history that help give me a better understanding and help have you become more aware of your history and your journey and make more sense out of it and help connect the dots to find, hey, this is 
making sense. Oh, I never realized how all of these things are connected. Well, thank you again. Please hit the subscribe button. Please give us a five-star review and share this with others on any social media. If you have fibromyalgia, the odds are that you have a family member with fibromyalgia and there's a good chance they're not getting the best care that they want. The reason I wrote the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, is to give evidence-based help, information. I want to inspire, inform, and equip. I want to demystify and destigmatize what fibromyalgia is. I want to give hope that you can get better. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes. While I am a physician, I am not your physician or coach. Use this as a starting point on your journey, going from just learning to live with and coping with fibromyalgia to conquering your fibromyalgia. 